Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. Please, please call me Peeping Tim. <laughs> oh, look at the eyebrows going everyone. Uh, so yeah, that's the Screams After Midnight. It's a horror movie podcast. We get together, we've watched the movie, we talk about it. It's really that simple. Uh, this episode is actually the result of a Patreon vote. Every month at patreon.com slash TV. Our five dollar and up patrons get to vote uh, on a on a film. Usually, usually classic stuff because we have a new vote as well at ten dollar tier for some new VOD stuff. But uh, <laughs> Peeping Tom was the winner of the vote in this case. Um, I, th- I think it was like a was it all British movies or was it, it all was, something yeah. else? Yeah, okay. So that mm. was the theme. Peeping Tom was the winner. Peeping Tom, you know, it was is the British movies. What won it? <laughs> I mean, you do a better English accent than I can. He- Honestly, you watch the movies, you get yourself a little bit of fish, fish, fish and shit. <laughs> <laughs> fish and shit? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> Peeping Tom uh, is often saddled with being kind of maybe the first slasher movie. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that, but uh, mm-hmm. in the same way that it kind of is a stepping stone to get to them, it actually predates Psycho. It actually just beat Cycle to the punch. It came out in like a few months, right? Yeah. yeah. So it's interesting they both came out, but obviously this came out on the other side of the, the, the planet. So uh, very interesting. Michael Powell uh, ended up being blacklisted, essentially, after making this the director. So, yeah, very raunchy for its time, very risque for its time. And we'll get into maybe, you know, what some of those elements are, and we'll, we'll talk about it. Uh, the basic gist of it, and I will mention, of course, that we will start spoiler-free. We'll give you a warning before we go into spoilers. But the basic gist of the, the premise is that we have our main character, uh, by the name of Mark, who is a killer. He's a serial killer. But he also films. He's actually basically makes snuff films. He films all of his murders with this old, you know, film camera. Uh, again, this is one of the weird things about watching this now is, is that obviously all the technology is very primitive, but... It's kind of funny how he's essentially doing, like, snuff films, he's making home mm. movies. At one point, he even films a reaction of someone, which when I was watching with uh, on stream with chat, someone cracked the joke that he was he was filming the first ever reaction video for YouTube, which <laughs> is, uh, you know, it's kind of a thing. So, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, he's killing people, and, but he kind of befriends uh, this, this young woman who's his neighbor, and, like, a sort of real romance kind of starts to blossom, and kind of maybe makes... Just like him- the Joker. <laughs> that's a good reference <laughs> Solid. but he uh he makes uh you know he starts to kind of fall in love for real which maybe starts to contrast his like otherwise very unhealthy views towards women and sexuality and all those things so uh that's peeping tom in a nutshell so we're going to dive into it and you know see how we feel so had you seen this before tim was this the first time watch yeah it's first time first time First time for you. Mm-hmm. I had seen this once before, but it was a long time ago. So I'd kind of, I'd, I'd remembered some of the key sequences, but the actual plot and how it progressed, I'd, I'd really forgotten. So, all right. Uh, so how did you feel then? What, what was your opinion? Your initial, your 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 thoughts, your your instinct, your gut feeling after <laughs> peeping Tom? All right. Listen, it's it's fine. All right. It's. I, I know there's a lot of people that are going to say, like, oh, my God, this movie is so old. It's a masterpiece. Like, how, how do they even, <laughs> like, <laughs> how do they even make a movie this old? I can't believe it. Like, listen, it's just because something's old <laughs> doesn't mean 
it's automatically good. All right. <laughs> but you're president. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, uh, I I do have hope in this country that someday we'll be able to elect a uh, white man who's under eighty. But um, <laughs> if it'll happen, and I, I don't need people adding us in the comments. I know the president's not actually eighty, but you know what I mean. They're super old. Uh, shitty people. Yeah, that, that um, was a, a satirical comment for very long. Exactly, it wasn't quite following. Yes, um, uh, but uh, so uh, but what? What I'm saying though is like I feel like uh, this is probably a, a movie that you know, like a lot of people, uh, like sometimes there's older movies like this uh, that people are just like, oh my god, this is brilliant. It's a masterpiece. I do think, um, like uh, I'm, I'm not trying to say like you know it, it doesn't deserve some praise because I think there is a lot of interesting stuff in it, but I also didn't think it was like the greatest movie of all time or anything. I I, I think there's certainly um a, a, like a lot of stuff that's very dated and um stuff that was a little slow uh for me. So I, I I'm not gonna say it was bad uh, or anything by any stretch of the imagination. Uh, I do think there's a lot of stuff that's worth uh checking out. Uh, it's interesting about it, but also like I I didn't finish this and like take off my shirt and run around the room saying like yeah cinema woo. Like this is great. Wait, have you done that for any other movie? <laughs> well, you know, the boy, obviously. You saw that in theaters, though. <laughs> yeah, that's why I haven't been to the theater since. <laughs> well, that specific theater. <laughs> yeah. Um. Well, well, okay. There's some, some takes there from Tim. Yes, he's here to be the controversial one, of course. Um, I. I mean, I actually kind of agree that some of it is a little dated. There's definitely elements of it that feel a bit stilted, particularly the dialogue and the, the way the characters kind of react to certain things. Uh, that said, though, I do think it is very well directed. I, I feel like the direction is very on point. Uh, the, I think the lead actor does a really good job of feeling kind of off-kilter, like, all the times. So he feels very uncomfortable. It definitely feels like a sort of... A, a precursor to a lot of other things like I, I can i can see how this maybe inspires something like american psycho or something like mm -hmm. um you said joker i suppose i mean i, I guess maybe <laughs> in a way i mean it, it wouldn't surprise or, me it wouldn't surprise me if uh martin scorsese who directed taxi driver was a fan of this like this you know, feels oh, sure. like right up his kind of alley you know i maybe he's talked about it before but it feels like it is kind of you know it's it's one of these things where you know I started this by saying it's kind of seen as this precursor and and so, some people consider it the first slasher movie and I don't really think it's a slasher movie I, I you know I said American Psycho there I think it's got a lot more in common like something American Psycho which I wouldn't call a slasher movie he does kill people mm -hmm. in that much like in Peeping Tom he's killing people I don't think it's a slasher movie though and I think Psycho is a bit closer but even Psycho I wouldn't necessarily call a slasher movie I don't think a slasher movie really exists mm -hmm. until. Texas Chainsaw is again another step closer, but it's really Halloween, I think, that really creates what we think of as the slasher movie, right? Um, Black Christmas, actually. Yeah, no, Black Christmas is. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Black Christmas is. Uh, got an argument. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. Like, I think Halloween is is basically where it begins, but I, I, I people always like to jump in and say, no, Black Christmas, which I mean, I, I again, I feel like. There's lots of stuff you, that you can say have the ingredients uh, of it, but Halloween feels like when okay. it's like fully formed. I'll put it this way: Halloween is the birth of the slasher movie. This is the is the guy in the bar looking at the girl and getting an erection. 
before the right and then texas chainsaw is the ejaculation that's going to lead to the slasher movie <laughs> psycho is the uh the foreplay okay it's <laughs> <laughs> one way to put it <laughs> this is this is the start of the uh this is the not quite the conception yet i think i think yeah texas chainsaw is the the conception but this is the uh the build-up the conception here you know it's it's not just one fail swoop it's not like we just didn't have anything like it and then slasher movies happened this is kind of the 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 first step towards them um because as you know it's it's a contemporary film obviously it feels very old school now to us because it's 1960 but it's a Mm -hmm. you know at the time it was a present day set in the real world movie about a seedy, psychologically, you know, impaired person who was murdering women. Uh, and it's a very sexual mm-hmm. film as well, which, again, all of these things really stuck out to me as I was watching it again. Because if you go back and watch a Hollywood movie... I think it was movie, the only thing sticking out <laughs> to you. Shut up. Uh, but when you, if you go back and watch, like... And, again, Psycho's kind of the exception here. But if you watch, like, a movie from Hollywood from 1960, do you think you're seeing some of the subjects that have been brought up in this? Hell, in the first, oh, no. in the first 10 minutes, there's a masturbation joke. How many movies from Hollywood were cracking masturbation jokes in 1960? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, there was uh, the, uh, yeah, the, the first uh, American Pie, the the one from 64. Uh, uh, but <laughs> other than that, though. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Very good. Uh, <laughs> Actually, no, there is a, um, uh, I know like, you don't really like sketch comedy, uh, or at least not as much uh, as I do, but there's a really Dep- funny... De- depends on the sketch, to be honest, but sure. <laughs> There's uh well, there's this uh sketch comedy group called the the Birthday Boys. They had like a, a show on IFC for a while, and then uh, they have this really uh funny sketch <laughs> that I think about sometimes where it's like uh it was like the first teen comedy, but it was like a movie from like the like 40s or 50s. So it's like a you know like a uh, guy like uh you know they're, like they're treating it like American Pie, but it's all stuff like. I'm gonna go on a walk with a woman. They're like, a walk? <laughs> like, you madman <laughs> and stuff. And they're like, you went on a walk with my mother? <laughs> it's like, <laughs> uh, but that's a, a, a very funny sketch, so people should check it out. All right. So I guess we're on to ratings then. <laughs> I would. <laughs> I've got the impression Tim's not enthused about this one and doesn't want to talk about it that much. <laughs> well, we just have a lot to do today. So I'm speeding it along. <laughs> We do have a few episodes to record today, but I'm not going to uh, shortchange Peeping Tom. I've got some things to talk about, uh, such as the the highly... I, I promised people on stream that I was going to go on a 20-minute rant about the pronunciation of the word Mimo. <laughs> okay. Do you remember this scene? Do you know what I'm, I'm, I'm even saying when I say Mimo? Of course, yeah. I mean, I, I had the, the same thoughts. <laughs> yes. Um, I took off my shirt and ran around the room. <laughs> Is there anything you don't take your shirt off for and run around the room, Tim? Uh, just showering. So- <laughs> a little self-conscious. <laughs> okay, okay. Just checking. Just checking. So, no, as I say, because the movie, the, the main character, Michael, uh, I mean, obviously he's filming his snuff films mm-hmm. and whatnot, but he actually works at a movie studio. He's a, he's a focus puller. And there's a lot of scenes that are, you know, around the, the film that's been worked on that he's there on set for. And it cuts to like, the, the movie producers and like the, the guy from the studio talking about, you know, they have to keep making the movie. They have to keep going. Uh, and he keeps talking about how he got a memo. But every time he says memo, he says memo. He says it like three times. And I'm like, <laughs> why is he saying memo wrong? 
Who says Mimo? <laughs> this is like people who say beta instead of beta. You're wrong. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, it, 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 that didn't uh, stick out to me. I might have just been maybe either a little zoned out or just assumed that that was a British pronunciation. How uh, dare you? <laughs> How dare you? I mean, it's all English people, so I shouldn't be that mad. Uh, yeah. And they've got very specific accents as well. I mean, actually, Mako's got a bit more of a European accent, but... Yeah, uh, like, to to be honest, it doesn't, like... It, it doesn't, like, seem very British. Uh, I, I feel like... Or, I don't know, like, maybe I was just... I don't know. Like, the, stuck, the, sucked into it, but... The prostitute in the opening scene... Because the opening scene is a POV scene, which is, you know, noble because Halloween starts with a POV scene. Now, admittedly, That's in true. this, it's actually through the point of his camera, so it's actually almost, mm-hmm. like, found footage-esque. Like, this, arguably, yeah. this may be the first found footage scene in the history of cinema. <laughs> I don't know if it is. It may not be, but... I- I actually did like all that stuff, like the way they were using the the camera. That like was stuff I think is really cool and felt very ahead of its time. Yeah, very ahead uh, of its time. Yeah. Well, because I, I was joking actually, because when Helen's like, she's like really excited because he has a camera and he, he has like home movies. Because she, she's asking at one point to see his films and like, they're not like made films; they're just like random things that he shot. But she's really yeah. impressed. And it occurred to me though that no, this would be impressive in 1960. The idea that someone can just film stuff would actually be insanely <laughs> impressive because not everyone can do that at the time. Like, not many people have film cameras because you could only do it with film cameras. Like, yeah. there, there was no, you know, I mean, never mind phones, there was no camcorders, there was no, you know. It'd be like, uh, like telling someone you had a podcast in 2008. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We missed the boat, Tim. We could have been there first. We could have been <laughs> instrumental to the development of the podcast scene. But no, what I was going to say about the opening scene, though, is the prostitute uh, that he goes up to says it'll be two quid which blew my mind uh first of all for those of you who don't know i'll, I'll translate quid here quid is just the slang for pounds kind of like how bucks is for dollars so it's just like saying two bucks so two quid is just two pounds um it's not an old currency <laughs> just in case anyone gets confused it's still used today that, that word but two pounds for a prostitute <laughs> inflation has done a number on the economy my friend two pounds it's a bargain yeah uh, yeah that's a that's a good price <laughs> have you had a prostitute recently because two pounds ain't gonna get you shit <laughs> uh yeah that's a good point it's a good point <laughs> uh, maybe maybe we'll add a a two pound uh tier to the patreon no, no, inflation's went up a bit. Can't give them much for two pounds. Thank you very much. Um, so, no, uh, but no, I do think it's generally well directed and really tense in points, uh, mm. mostly through the performance, the lead in the direction and the camera work. But it does use the camera in inventive ways. I do kind of agree that it is slow in places. Some of the uh, the lines of dialogue from the other characters do come across a bit kind of weird. Like the love interest Helen, I, I thought was very kind of uh very like forward and kind of almost annoying in places with just how mm. like abrasively kind of like polite and nice she was being i know that sounds weird but it was like very over the top yeah um yeah it, it's i i think that the stuff that's really i i mean i guess it makes sense because he's the main character or whatever but it, it's everything that's going on with michael like all his stuff is all very interesting and intriguing and um and it is very weird and you know voyeuristic and unstable and tense uh-huh. so that stuff is all great it's just usually 
when we're dealing like with other stuff that kind of slows down and so it's like yeah when he's talking to you know the love interest or the mother or the people at the studio like sometimes it's still interesting but that's usually like kind of you know puts like a big like grinding halt to me yeah. you know, when we kind of get to that stuff i like the movie studio stuff for the most part though because they, mm. they played with that a little bit we'll get to the spoilers what they, what they do on the movie studio set but uh the director of the movie they're making it was actually made me laugh out loud twice uh he's got a couple of really good lines because okay. he's, he's getting <laughs> frustrated that the actors aren't doing what he's saying and there's a really funny line he has at one point um so okay i'll, I'll save it for spoilers though because that's spoiler territory but yeah <laughs> But there's a lot of things I like there. It's not all, you know, doom and gloom. I mean, as notable, there is a severe lack of blood in the kill scenes, which is funny because this movie, of course, as I said, blacklisted director, basically ended his career, and the scenes, like, have almost no blood in them. Like, you have to really, like, squint and look for blood <laughs> to find yeah, any. Th like, I think that's, like, kind of my big problem with it, especially when, like... I, I think another thing that... um maybe might have like hurt it a little bit for me that uh if i go back and watch it again maybe i'll have a different opinion but when you keep hearing all this stuff like uh, about it you know being compared to psycho and being this prototype slasher i am expecting like you know like more kills and obviously i know it's from a long time ago so i'm not like expecting like huge gore or anything but i am expecting it to be a little more vicious you know um when it is just like it is yeah extremely like tame by today's standards like again like i know i'm sure it was shocking back in the day but like I, but like you know psycho though I, I think that's like you know one of the reasons why it still uh holds up is because it still feels like very visceral even though you know you're not seeing like you know gore or anything in that but you know there is like a a brutality uh in there that i feel like we're not really getting here hey i'm not gonna argue that psycho's the better movie because it is <laughs> like <that's laughs> yeah. not, like psycho's a masterpiece that stands up to this day mm -hmm. peeping tom has some aging elements but i do think there's a lot in there to still kind of appreciate and a lot to sort sure. of seek and anyway and the sexuality the, the attitude towards sex you know talking about pornography and stuff like that in here like you I, this feels like you know sometimes when you watch films from certain eras you can feel when something is doing something really risky for the time even if it's not really that risky by today's standards yeah um but you know just the idea of seeing you know women and scantily clad and i think at one point you even see some breasts and it's like you know at the time this would have stuck out as being very like taboo kind of yeah. thing <laughs> so um and there are you know, some moments of comedy in there as well so um i don't think it's worth saying i think if you're a fan of horror movies and you want to like explore horror history and see all the stepping stones i think this is one that's worth seeing and i think there's enough in there to uh get out of it i, I would say it's a good movie it has some dated mm -hmm. elements but i think overall it is a good movie um i say skip it just go right ahead to uh yeah friday the 13th part six uh you'll be good philistine all right that's uh let's <laughs> get spoilers then so uh, spoilers and, and if people do want to watch it it is on uh prime for free that's how i watch it true yes in the u.s it's on prime uh mm -hmm. and if you're not in the u.s then uh i recommend a nice vpn it's very helpful for things like that uh, <laughs> or you can just move here <laughs> that sounds way more expensive <laughs> also i'm pretty sure the immigration process right now terms may be a little halted perhaps <laughs> uh even though they should be begging people from the outside to come in with their their 
healthy blood. <laughs> yes, yes, we need more blood. Freaking vampire, we do. <laughs> uh, so yes, I'll take this time now to thank our Patreon producers <laughs> for the month. So thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palisades, David Sharp, Board Now, Al Tribesman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. There are Patreon producers at the moment, at the time of recording. So thank you to all of those people. Uh, that means that they are $20 or more patrons on patreon.com slash TV. But you can, of course, support us for as little as $1 per month. And for that $1, you will get a bonus extra exclusive episode of Streams After Midnight every single month uh, during the Oktoberthon, which is right around the corner. We're right, you know, on the, the precipice of the Oktoberthon. Uh, you actually get four bonus movies that month. So that's just for the $1. You get access to the back catalogue, of course, of all the bonus movies that we've done so far. <coughs> and then at the $5 tier, you get voting rights for a movie, just like Peeping Tom one. And you get early access to the episodes by a day as well. And then some other stuff at the higher tier. So go and have a look at uh, patreon.com slash TV and see if you're interested in helping keep all the content coming and supporting everything we do. Thank you very much. So, I'm going to take a drink of my beverage because my voice is going, having said all that very quickly. But we're about to go to feel spoilers. Tim, amuse yeah. them with that joke you know. Oh, um, what do you get a uh, peeping Tom for Christmas? I don't know. Uh, a uh, uh, clear, <laughs> uh, clear drapes. <laughs> I don't know. I actually thought you had a joke ready there. <laughs> <laughs> you sounded so confident and then after I said I don't know what you just like uh, searching for punchline search, searching the memory data banks for, for punchline hey I think Clear Drapes is pretty funny <laughs> <laughs> he does spend a lot of time at a window in this actually just looking through the window yes. Uh, yes, not, like, there's like a party going on downstairs at the apartment underneath them and he just sort of like stares at the window and they can all see him just like just leering <laughs> hey I've been there on which side of the window? <laughs> that I'm not willing to divulge. Okay, okay. I'm just trying. So yeah, the opening, as we said, is a you know a POV sort of sequence where he goes up to a prostitute, uh, follows her up to a you know a hotel room or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and kills her. Uh, but we, you know the kills typically end with like them screaming as the camera comes to comes towards them. Uh, and it sort of like cuts to black, or fades to black. <coughs> you know, there's not a lot of blood kind of thing. It's mm-hmm. more about the uh, the build up to the kill than it is the actual sort of blood yeah. and gore of it itself. And I, I guess what we find out at the end is that he has like a knife on the basically like mounted on the camera. On the tripod, yeah. Well, that's just something True. I was actually talking about. Is that mm-hmm. most tripods, or at least the ones that I've worked with, is that mm-hmm. you have like spreaders on the bottom. But if you're going to like put the tripod yeah. onto like a track or a dolly or so- something else. You take the spreaders mm-hmm. off, and typically, most tripods do have like spikes at the bottom. This wasn't a spike though; this was literally like a blade that was like built into <laughs> it. Uh, yeah. So, but yeah, the bottom it, of the it tripod. Was a, like, it was a custom job. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's he's built he's built this. He he penguined it. Well, what we don't find out till the end though that he's actually got like a mirror, like yeah, uh, mm-hmm. on it so that the, the victim can see themselves being killed as he's killing them, which is actually pretty dark. <laughs> Uh, mm-hmm. but yeah so we get this opening kill scene it's just you know, it's solid he, mm-hmm. we, we get to learn about who he is afterwards where he goes to this like convenience store where there's actually a really funny scene here that sets up that this, this guy who runs the store actually sells like porn on the side and keep in mind this is 1960 this is in the dark ages where you have to actually go and get porn uh, <laughs> from a store and this guy comes in asking for two newspapers and he's like 
Well, we understand you also sell, uh, I think he calls them views. Uh, <laughs> Sound like that. Yeah. And he pulls out like a portfolio of photographs. He's like, how much for all of them? And he's like, oh, yeah, whatever. And it's like, okay. But what I loved about it is that the guy walks out with his envelope with the photographs without his newspapers. And the, the news agent's <laughs> like, hey, your papers, sir. And he's like, oh, yes, of course, of course. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder, I wonder what he actually came in here for. And what was just the, <laughs> you know, the, the charade of, oh, I'm here for my newspapers like a normal person. I'm not, you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm not here for, for uh, anything seedy. So... <laughs> Uh, but it, it interests this idea that uh, our main character, Mark, shoots these photographs as a side job on top of his regular thing. So we see him interacting with the girls upstairs, and, you know, they actually, you know, they're very scantily clad, and it feels very risky for the time. Uh, he has kind of a weird scene here where he gets very... He's, he's almost not interested in the actual sort of the, the, the main girl that he's photographing, uh, photography, uh, photographing. Um mm. He's actually more interested. There's, there's another girl there who's there for the first time. She's got like a sort of uh, a disfigurement on her face, mm-hmm. and she he's very kind of like clearly interested and excited by this. He's like, no, no, I want to photograph it because she's like, oh, you don't have to shoot my face, just the body. And no, 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 I want to. Uh, this is this fascinating, and he's all excited. He's like, t- t- I'll be honest, I thought he was going to jizz in his pants. He he looked very, <laughs> he was looking very excited by this. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh. <laughs> I mean, we see about his actual job and he's a focus pillar and all the rest of it. Uh, from there, you know, we, we... I mean, I think we'll mention the other ki- Well, yeah, we'll mention the other kill uh, that he does because there's only actually two kills before the end of the movie uh, until mm-hmm. he kills himself. I mean, we're in spoilers. I didn't make that clear. Because yeah. <laughs> uh, he kills a woman that works in the movie set, the stand-in for the actress, who stays mm-hmm. after, like, uh, work one day uh, and I never it was never really clear why they were what they were going to shoot like he was going to shoot something with her in it mm. uh, but he's actually just building up to killing her and she's dancing around for ages and then he eventually <laughs> kills her uh, and this is where we actually get the idea that he's got the blade at the end of the tripod leg and he's sort of like coming in slowly and she screams and all the rest of it the same the, so the, the things that the directors did that really made me laugh was okay. Earlier on in the movie, they're shooting a scene with the, the lead actress who's supposed to faint. And they, they do, like, you know, 50 takes. And even this was kind of funny because it this, it cut to this straight after the the, uh, the executive was like, you know what, we're trying to save money. If the first take is visible and audible, it's good enough. Move on. <laughs> and then it cuts to this scene where the director's doing, like, 50 takes because he's not happy with the faint. He's like, take 49, you know. <laughs> and she yeah. keeps trying to faint and it's not very good. One of the things that it sets up with Mark is that he likes to not only film the kills, but also anything else that comes after. So the kill at the start with the prostitute, he actually films when he's walking past. He films like the 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 the, the paramedics like taking the, the body from the building and with the sheet over it. He films the police investigating from a distance. Mm. He sets up the body of the second victim in the movie studio and like uh, there's, there's like trunks because the set's like a department store and there's all these trunks and he puts the body in a trunk. And he basically does this so that he can then film the reaction of the body being found. So the actress who's in the scene is going to like open this trunk and he gets his camera ready and he's got it all ready and she opens the trunk and no one else sees it. It's just the actress and maybe the actor who's standing next to her. She she screams and faints and, you know, Mike, you know Mark's, as I was going to say, Michael, because that's the director's name. Mark's filming this and he's like really, again, he's really intense and into it. He's like watching her. He's like, oh, right she faints the director then yells out 
the silly bitch she fainted in the wrong scene <laughs> come I, on um, that line was gold I, I i forgot about that but i did laugh when he said that <laughs> i did not uh yeah i did not see that coming like this old guy screaming silly bitch <laughs> at his actress <laughs> and the line that made me laugh later is that uh so she's back on set shooting another scene while the police are there investigating things and she's like obviously like really upset and she's trying to do the scene she's talking about like whatever she's looking at and it's red and she starts like crying because it's reminded her of the blood and <laughs> it just cuts to the director after she walks off the scene because she has to be like escorted out because she's too emotional and he just sort of goes gee god or something like that i can't remember the exact line but there was just another moment with him that made me laugh uh <laughs> And there's like a therapist on set who's saying, no, she needs like days to like re- recuperate from this. She can't just, mm. you know, be back to work the next day. This is, this is, this takes counseling and trauma, you know, management <laughs> and all that. Uh, yeah. That cracked me up. I don't know. Uh, but so I think the two key things we have to talk about though, other than kind of the, the awkwardness of the actor and like how he is in some of the scenes mm. is the main love interest story and his backstory, which is very intricate. Yeah. The, uh, the backstory I, I think was actually, maybe some of my favorite stuff like i i don't know i thought that was like really interesting whenever you talk about his dad and like um <laughs> these weird like psychological experiments he did um and I, I like just like stuff like the like throwing the lizard on the bed like something about it just seemed like so kind of weird and off and like even the like like a uh, lizard like seemed like kind of awkward you know <laughs> like it's just kind of on the bed and it's like kind of moving kind of like frantic not sure where to go and yeah to, uh, yeah it seems like such an odd choice <laughs> yeah to explain this he uh he shows helen the love interest uh some footage and it's like oh who's this little boy and he's like oh it's me and it turns out that his dad was obsessed with like documenting his entire childhood so he always had a camera on him he always had like audio like mics and in his bedroom and stuff like that and he would do things to get a reaction so he would like wake him up with a light in the middle of the night or as you said, by throwing a lizard on the bed and basically tormenting him just to see his various reactions. So we see that he gets it from his father, but he also has this really weird attitude towards women and sex because his father or his mother rather uh, died when he was quite young and his father just like remarried someone within like, well, like it was like three months or something like that. It was like really yeah. quick. And like he, he would like watch people kissing in the park and uh and that's made me laugh actually because helen like sees this bit of footage where his dad's filming him as a little boy watching a couple like making out in the park and <laughs> helen's like oh you naughty boy i hope you were spanked kind of <laughs> thing yeah uh, very seriously because obviously if someone says you naughty boy now to an adult it, it you know it's, it's kinky right it's like you naughty boy and, and yeah. in 1960 she's she's saying it deadpan like completely serious yeah. uh but it sets up that he does have this this very like absurd attitude uh, t- towards mm. the opposite sex and towards any, any sort of sexual uh, yeah. sort of encounter it, to the point where when you know him and Helen are in close intense sort of intimate moments he gets very uh, awkward he tries to back away mm. um, you know because basically he's coming home one night after a weird creepy like staring in the window scene it's her 21st mm. birthday party and she comes out her mother's blind as well who she takes care of and she comes out to talk to him and tries to like start up a conversation comes up to speak to him in, in his place and she's very insistent you know she's like trying to talk about what you know who he is what his job is 
And this is what eventually leads to him showing her some of his films. And this very intense backstory. And she does she gets very scared at various points in these films. She's like, Oh, what's happening? Why is it happening like this? Make it stop, Mark. Make it stop. You know, all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, every time he comes in the door, she's like listening for him. She runs out and talks to him, and she's like, "Oh, hi, Mark," and you know, things of that nature. So, oh, hi, hi, Mark. Oh, oh hi, Mark. Oh, hi, Mark. Oh, come on. Of course, we're going to do a, a room joke at some point. Yeah, come on. Yeah. Would we be uh, nerds on the internet if we didn't? Come on. Sure. Uh, yeah, no, that stuff is all, like, really interesting, and, like, it's, you know, um, and it, uh, you know, it's funny, you know, for something at the time, uh, to actually have kind of, like, you know, an interesting, deep, like, psychological backstory, like, oh, okay, this, like, makes sense why he is, uh, you know, the way he is. I, I did find that stuff kind of fascinating. And the camera's kind of his penis. Like, that's, like... He, he he very much like uh, caresses it. At one point, he agrees yeah. to go out for dinner with to, with Helen, and he's going to bring his camera. And she's like, "Oh, I mean, I've never seen you without that thing. I mean, do you need it tonight?" And he's like, "Oh no, I suppose I don't." And she has to kind of almost like in a nice way, but she almost has to like sort of fight it off of him so that he'll, he'll leave it behind. <laughs> and they go out. They have a, a relatively nice dinner. Although there is a weird moment where he spots a couple kissing in the like the park, and he kind of stares at it a little bit in front of Helen. <laughs> And she kind of, like, doesn't even get phased by this, which is weird. She's, it's almost like she recognizes he's got issues, but she wants to, like, help him and take care of him. She wants to, like, be there to uh, caress that sweet, innocent soul and, you know, make a man out of him, I guess. I don't know. I, I mean, I'm curious, like, what like what counted as, like, a red flag back in that day? Because, like, watching it now, there's a lot of stuff that's like, well, eh, no, that's not good. <laughs> but Yeah, like... you do wonder... <laughs> Because this is the thing, like, obviously, all sorts of abuse, everything, everything that exists today pretty much existed forever. It's just a yeah. case of, like, how much more well-informed everyone is and, you know, noticing what these red flags are. Because even early on, when he's photographing the uh, the girl, who even had a funny line, actually, I think it was Millie was her name. Uh, oh, I, I tell a lie, there was three murders, not two, because she gets killed uh, near the end. Uh, oh, okay. But <coughs> she has this line where she's like, because she has a couple of bruises, and she's like, Oh, I was out this uh, this past weekend with my boyfriend. Uh, I'm getting married in a few months, but that was the problem my fiance saw us. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that was a kind of amusing line, you know? Yeah. Um, very but, saucy. Very, yeah, very saucy. Uh, but <laughs> where was it going with this? Yeah, anyway, so he's out for this dinner, and there's a scene when they come back where Helen kisses him. Not super passionately, it's just a kiss on the lips, mm. you know, but it's not like they're, they're you know, tonguing each other or anything like that. <laughs> but what's weird about it is that this is after you know he's he's got his camera back and he's up in his in his apartment. And she leaves, and he immediately like puts the camera up against his lips and kind of you know sort of rubs his mouth against the camera. And mm-hmm. it's hard not to notice one. It's weird that he has to do this after he's kissed someone, and two, mm-hmm. how phallic it looks because it's oh, yeah. it's one of these old cameras that's got kind of the long lens kind of sticking out, so it's got a very you know cylinder kind of shape. So. It's mm. impossible not to notice the phallic nature of him with this up against his mouth. It just... Yeah. <laughs> so, very intriguing uh, sort of exploration of, of who he is. And, you know, his, uh, Helen's mother, who's blind, like, kind of is suspicious of him. It's, it's like, basically, she can <laughs> hear the difference in the way that he walks. He's very stealthy. Um, mm. he, he's very different. Uh, to the point where she can even sense when he's at the window, when he's, when, you know, she, he's made no noise. And he comes yeah. to speak to her and basically says that you know, 
he makes her uneasy. Um, he almost kills her, actually, because he's got the, the blade up against her neck, but she can't see it. She can't even see the film. She can't see any of this, you know, creepy shit. But she can mm-hmm. sense it. She can sense that there's something wrong with them. And he promises not to see Helen beca- uh, because of it, because she, she threatens to move away with her daughter. Mm-hmm. And... So, you know, there's this idea, and it kind of bubbles up as well at the, the investigation, because the police come to talk to people at, at, at the movie studio, and they have them followed because they're, they're following multiple people, admittedly, uh, to see, like, you know, who's going where and what their their, their pastimes are. But mm-hmm. he actually has this scene where he goes to this, this therapist who's on set, who's there, to, presumably, to help anyone who's, you know, grieving because they found a dead body. And... He actually tries to, like, essentially ask, kind of slyly, like, about how to cure his condition. It's like, he actually wants to become better for Helen. He wants to stop having the urge to murder people so that he can actually be with Helen. Because, you know, he he, he, never, he doesn't want to film her, because if he films her, he's only going to kill her. That's kind of the, the thing. So, because he promises the mom that he'll never film her. He'll never film Helen. And basically, the, the guy's like, Oh yeah, you can cure that condition, you know, more or less. It just takes thirty years, you know, two, two or three sessions a week for thirty years. That'll <laughs> knock it right out. <laughs> he's like, oh, okay, thirty years. So he intentionally wants to get caught. You know, he 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 knows he's being followed by a policeman, and he goes into the the you know the news agents up up to the, the photography studio to to photograph Melly, and he intentionally kills someone there when he knows it's their body's going to be found, and that he's going to be the one who's known to be there. Like they're going to know it's him. And sure enough, they they come racing to his place when they, once they find the body. Uh, but it's all this is all like a sort of nick of the time thing because he's he's in his apartment with with Helen, who's actually started watching some of the films when he was wasn't there. She's sort of went in and she's sort of been sneaky. And she's like, you know, I'm going to watch some of these when he's not here. And you just you don't even see the, what she's seeing. We just see her reactions, uh, looking horrified. She's like, oh, oh, no, what are you doing, Mark? No. Um, and we get this egg. Honestly, the best kill of the movie is probably suicide. Yeah, you know, it's, it's it's the most dramatic. I think most dramatic, sure. Um, it's. I mean, again, I I hate to say it because I, yeah, I know, you know, obviously you can't do like a big gory thing at the time, but it does look kind of cheesy. Like I don't know, kind of looks like he's just holding it against his neck, <laughs> you know, by himself. No, yeah. It doesn't have any sort of trick to make it look it's actually impaling them. So you can't. It's kind of yeah. like how when you watch like an old movie with gunshots and like it, there's clearly there's no squibs or blood or yeah, you know, yeah. It, it just looks like they're pretending. Just like people going like ah, yeah, <laughs> like falling over. Yeah, it kind of uh, has that vibe. There, there is a little bit of blood in the blade in the following yeah. shots, but essentially what he does is that you know she feels kind of scared. She's not running away mm-hmm. though, but he basically says, "Okay, the police are on their way," and he sets up his tripod. And his camera's running along with uh, the mirror so he can see himself do it. So he's, he's going to kill himself the way he's been killing other people. So he actually mm-hmm. stands against with his neck against the blade. And she tries to stop him, but he, of course, does it. You know, that, that's just kind of your your big yeah. ending. So, I mean, I, I, you know, I hate to call it cheesy or anything, like it, but because um, when you are watching it, you do get, uh, get caught up in, like, like you said, it is like a very dramatic scene. So... Uh, it does have that going for it. It's just the yeah, the actual execution looks a little cheesy by today's standards. But I mean, I I did feel like it was like impactful, you know. You know, and there's the scenes where he like he secretly films a policeman investigating things, like when they're on set and stuff like that. And it, it, he he keeps saying that he's making a documentary, and he's he, 
And it's almost like this is his ending. Like this, you know, someone could edit all of his footage together and make like a, a documentary out of it. You know, a couple of interviews spliced in. Mm-hmm. You could easily make yeah. a documentary out of all of his footage. And it feels like this is his final, his big finale. This is how he's, he's going to go out because he can't be normal. You know, he tried mm-hmm. and he's like, 30 years, screw that. I'm just going to go out in a blaze <laughs> of glory right now. But I think one thing we've not really mentioned too much is that how good the directing is because... There's mm. a lot of scenes where there is, like, tension created by the way it films him, the way it kind of, like, will track into him when he has an idea, or the way it'll do things through the POV, or, mm. or, or it'll cut to the, 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 the footage on the camera that he's filming from, or it'll cut between them, or... There's a lot of really great touches, and it's really subtle the way it's directed, uh, for the most part, mm. and it has this sort of tone. And then added to that is the performance of, of the actor who plays Mark. If I'll, I'll get his name here. Um, uh... Carl Heinz Bohm. So it sounds like a German name. I don't know if he's actually from Germany or somewhere similar. Yeah, Germany. He's from uh, Darmstadt, Germany. Hell yeah. But yeah, no, I think his performance is kind of delightfully off killer. He's good. Yeah. Yeah. So someone said in the uh, the stream that this almost was a, a role that like maybe ten years later Klaus Kinski could have played. Um, oh sure. And I, I almost think, you know, I compared it to American Psycho, I think, you know, again, this is probably has something more in common to, like, a Henry portrait of a serial killer than it does a slasher y- movie. Yes. Yeah, that's, uh, like, uh, I, I think the two two things that, like, it kind of reminded me of were, uh, yeah, like, Henry portrait of a serial killer and uh, Maniac uh, a bit. The, oh, I, um, I thought a Maniac remake. as well, because... Yeah. Um, uh, both maniacs because the whole idea mm-hmm. that he's doing this but then he's sort of got a love interest who's you're maybe thinking yeah. might mm-hmm. you know like convince him to stop killing or maybe this proves he has a heart or you know something like that yeah. mm-hmm. and obviously it's very tame compared to maniacs or Henry Porter right. serial killer uh, <laughs> but in the context of when it came out it is quite uh, you know it, it, I'm sure it was really shocking to anyone who saw this in 1960 because films didn't do yeah. this kind of thing at that point yeah, like I, I hate to be maybe a little harsh on it. Um, it, it's a, it, it's kind of tough because I mean, it is modern day, so you know, part of you is gonna look at it through that modern day lens. But at the same time, like, uh, yeah, I feel like if I, you know, saw this in nineteen sixty or whatever, I probably would have been blown away. <laughs> you know, like it's, uh, yeah, like there's like definitely a lot of stuff there that very tame by today's standards. But at the same time, it's like. Hey, you don't see a lot of other movies of this time period doing this. Yeah, I I think it it holds up as a as a piece of movie history that I think is you know yeah. got a lot of great elements to it. I I think the the direction's really solid. The performance, the lead, it, you know, I, I can't emphasize it enough. I, I don't even have any specific examples. He just has a way of mm-hmm. delivering his lines and the silence between his words that feels not even like super serial killery. It feels more awkward. <laughs> it feels more like he is someone who. Like, it's not like he's constantly intimidating. It's not that type of performance. He's, it's more like he is this awkward guy who gets an urge, you know, yeah, for himself. And, yeah, and I feel like you don't see that a lot uh, around this time. Because I, I feel like when I watch movies from this time period, uh, it always seems like everyone's kind of overacting. You know what I mean? Like, because it's mm. like everyone has these kind of like, and it, it probably you know has to do with like, you know, the technology and how just how stuff was made back then but everyone always kind of has like these big booming voices and they and they always kind of talk real fast and like 
or they're like, you know, like, what are you doing? Like, this is, you know, like these big over the top kind of villainous voices. So I think it's like pretty cool that you have someone here who is very understated and awkward and, you know, quieter than like, yeah, I don't know, like a mad scientist or something you would see uh, around this time that would just kind of be yelling or whatnot. I don't know. Yeah. Uh, also, apparently after 1981, the actor uh, was uh, focused on char- charitable work. So seems like he was maybe a nice dude in real life. <clears throat> um, That's great. But, now, one, yeah. one thing I kept thinking of is um, like since there is uh, a lot of aspects of this that do kind of feel ahead of its time, like, do you think that uh, a remake of this would do well? Like, I mean, obviously, you know, it'd be dependent on a lot on who they get to do it, but uh, I don't know. I, I kept thinking, like, this is one thing I think, I don't know, could be kind of cool. I don't know if that's, like, sacrilegious to say. Um, I mean, you could definitely do an update on it. I, I think you'd have, a, have to have a lot of style. I think the, the worry I'd have is... Because I think the direction has a lot of style. It feels... I mean, it's almost mm-hmm. time, but it has a really strong directorial hand. I think if you did this again, you, you would definitely need a director who's going to make it feel unique. And yeah. I'd be worried that it would just feel like a, you know, ho-hum the, kind of thing. Yeah, it, it, would, it would have to be, like, someone that actually, you know, it is, like, a passion project for them and not just a generic Hollywood, like yeah hey we have the license to this movie let's update it or whatever but um i don't know like i did obviously you can kind of say it about anything like well if they get a good director and writer it'll be cool but like i don't know i do feel like um in the right hands uh this could be potentially pretty cool yeah um it's a sort of thing that maybe you could try it now through only using his footage like maybe you actually make it into yeah. like a, a full phone footage movie almost uh, yeah, totally. Could, could be an interesting tactic, which I guess is not mm-hmm. far away from what the Maniac remake did with making it all POV. Yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. but putting, a, a, you know, a filmmaking spin on it as opposed to just, you know, normal remake things, I suppose. But, yeah. yeah. Totally. Uh, we still have to do the Maniac movies, which we haven't got around to yet, but we yeah, all, I, I, God damn it. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I mean, I, I love that remake. Uh, I still haven't seen the original. I, I think I've maybe seen maybe parts of it, but, uh, yeah, I actually... Need to go Honestly, they're both worth watching. Uh, I I do really. It is something we'll do at some point. Uh, I don't think we've got any slots left for the rest of this year, but we'll <laughs> we'll we'll find a reason to do them maybe yeah. next uh, next year. So, uh, but yeah, that, that's that's pretty much peeping Tom. Um, I think it's uh, you know, I I think it's got a lot more to offer than maybe. I, I think you know, you, you start the movie off. It's kind of interesting with the POV mm-hmm. kind of you know the film idea that it's got parts of it are kind of slow and maybe you could watch 10 minutes of it and feel it's a bit old but mm. i do think there's a surprising amount of great tension from the camera work and the performance lead actor i also think that it's surprisingly funny in places so it's, it's actually got more going for it than just what it's known for mm. and then you know you, you put it in the context of the time that it came out and, and i think it's a kind of a fascinating watch because of that because it's mm. pushing all these things forward that and well like psycho is more visceral there is definitely some elements of this that are pushing other things a bit further than psycho did That's um true. Yeah. you know the the sexuality stuff arguably uh is maybe a touch further in some ways but because uh, i mean like, i mentioned the masturbation joke at the start uh the, the joke in question is when the guy who buys the uh, the photographs with the newspapers walks out uh, after mm-hmm. he walks out the 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 the, the store the the guy who sold them uh, the clerk says he won't be doing the crossword tonight uh, <laughs> yeah, he just straight up said the guy's going to have a wank. 
<laughs> like <laughs> movies from this time period don't really do that. That's you know, it's, it's it's unique. Yeah. Um, so no, it's just really going and the idea of the movie, you know, the lead character being voyeuristic, and then we feel voyeuristic because we're seeing you know women dressed like this, which again is tame for now, but at the mm-hmm. time would have felt like, hey, this is a, it's a, a leap forward and. Everything about this movie is the obsession of watching people and watching their reactions and seeing how they are in different situations when it should be a private moment for someone that when they react to certain things. But mm-hmm. uh, this obsession with capturing everything and, you know, it does that kind of, is, is this kind of like a, a forebearer to it, the obsession with everyone filming everything for YouTube these days or, or TikTok yeah. or, or Twitter mm-hmm. or Instagram or whatever people film things for these days, mm-hmm. you know? Uh, there's probably sure. a, there's probably like a, a, a through line you could follow from like this all the way through cinema till like what we are like nowadays with like you know reality TV and <laughs> you know yeah there's yeah. probably a through line you know <laughs> there's something there so uh, but that is a thesis for someone who has a lot of time uh, <laughs> time that we do not have so Tim what would yeah. you rate Peeping Tom out of ten uh i don't know i feel like people are probably gonna get mad at me because they'll think this is too low but uh i'm gonna give it a six uh i think it's i i I mean i i I don't know like i i thought it was good like i'm glad i watched it uh but i mean again like there was just some stuff that was you know a bit dated a bit slow for me um and again maybe um part of it was uh the reputation uh that I had in my head, you know, um, everyone's saying like, oh yeah, no, it's like, um, you know, like a masterpiece and a, well, the first slasher ever. And oh my God. And, um, there's again, definitely ingredients of, um, you know, stuff that will kind of lend its way to, towards horror movie and stuff. But maybe I just had a bigger expectation in my head if I, who knows if I go back and watch it, but, uh, no, six feels right for me, uh, at this point in time. I want to point out, but that's two points lower than the boy and, and <laughs> two, Tim's scale. Probably 2.5. <laughs> Are the boys an 8.5? <laughs> At least. You said 8 in the review, Tim. It's on record. Oh, I'm, going, I'm, I'm, I'm uh, bumping it up a, a smidge. Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I am... Uh, yeah, I think I appreciate this a little bit more, but maybe I'm a bit more of a snob. I enjoy cinema history a bit more than Tim does. Uh, I, I like ca- cinema history from uh, 1980. <laughs> <laughs> they, they can't all be, uh, you know, Transformer sequels, Tim. Uh, some films have to actually have a little bit more going for them. No, I... Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> don't don't make people think I, I have any love for Transformers. <laughs> that that I will take offense at. <laughs> okay, okay, I've pushed the button. Uh, no, I, I I'm going to give it an eight. I think eight out of ten is a very fair score. I do think you know there's elements of it that are a little bit slow and a little bit aged, but I do think it holds up remarkably well for having the the performance of the lead and uh, everything else that I've mentioned uh, throughout and. Has, has a surprising amount going for it even if there are some things you can point to and say hey this is a little bit dated or that's a little bit slower mm. or, or whatever there's a lot here that still works and it is overshadowed because Psycho is the better movie right if you go back and check my mm. Psycho rating from last Octoberthon I gave that some bitch a 10 because it is a 10 mm. uh, this is overshadowed for sure but it is a really strong film and I do think there's a lot of merit here it does uh, serve a place in horror history sure. so yeah there you go. That's Peeping Tom. Uh, so if you made it this far on the review, 
put in the word Mimo into <laughs> the comments to let us know you got this far. Uh, Tim, I'm going to actually do your thumbnail pose. So we're going to say okay. three, two, one, and pose. Three, two, one, pose. <laughs> did a bit, did a bit. There you go, there you go, there you go, there you go. Trying to look like I'm looking through a camera. <laughs> you have to uh, do it again. You have to hold up your hands so that you're looking at the lens of the camera. Like, like so you can see like, your, uh, so you can see your eye. Because I can't see your eye right now. Angle your, tilt your hands up a bit, up, up a bit. There you go. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I'll just I'll just say peeping Tom. I'll put peeping Tom and big yellow text and just an arrow pointing to Tim. Uh, yeah. I should. I mean, I do have the camera. I should have just brought it, but eh, it's in the other room. Um, you do have a camera? What's that camera you got? Uh, I mean, God, honestly, I don't even know if it works anymore. It's probably from like 2007 or something. <laughs> like, and I I have like a I used to have like small cameras, like the like you know me and my friends used to do like sketches or you know when when i did stand-up comedy more you mm. you know kind of just have a little mini tripod to film your set uh so yeah like i, I don't have anything fancy just like small digital cameras but okay. just curious just curious yeah um yeah it's just uh tim's tim's got a collection just just like uh the character in the film because we haven't even mentioned he's got, he's got like a whole dark room and he's got like tons of canisters of film and all that stuff mm. um tim's got a, a room just like that with a closet full of these uh dodgier material shall we say yes. <laughs> yes. yes uh peeping tim was the correct thing at the start of the review uh <laughs> there you go that is that is the uh the review uh, i'll you know i mentioned patreon earlier of course so i'll mention that once again P- patreon.com slash tv you can of course support us for free though you can hit the like button on youtube and comment and subscribe all these things are super important you know ding the bell for uh, notifications to make sure you get them you can rate the podcast on Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcast from. Give us five stars and a review. That helps us out just in the same way. So please do all that stuff mm. uh, or some of it or, you know, whatever, whatever. Whatever is you feel is appropriate mm. for your love of the show. But you should love the show because we are <laughs> amazing in every possible way. Mm. Except Tim's taste in films, obviously. Uh, <laughs> but... Uh, so guys on Twitter at Streams Midnight for channel updates and all that stuff look forward to the October thon which is coming very soon uh, lots of extra episodes throughout the month of October for everyone as well as extra episodes for the patrons so go and have a look at all that stuff when it hits uh, but that is us so thank you once again for watching or listening we always appreciate it keep watching scary movies and we will see you next time